You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on diversity, inclusion, and understanding for Black cultures through conversations that help us connect to ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I am your host, Monique Russell. So today, we are having a special treat. Marlon Addison visited us on the podcast before, and he shared insights in an episode on self-awareness and the Black family. What I loved about his focus was how he showed up that even growing up in a stable, loving, and supportive home is not the blueprint to avoiding unhealthy communication. While it is helpful, you could still find yourself hurting others, not caring. And his focus then was that we needed to take time to use emotional intelligence to have better relationships. And he's back. Marlon Addison is a family first sales and marketing guru, a leader who gets excited about sales and data analytics. He's an instructor. He is the founder of Marlin Mentors, and he gets really excited when it comes to talking about mentoring high schoolers, college students, and young adults. I'll tell you, as a mother of young adult men, we need to illuminate this conversation to have a better support for the workforce of the future. Welcome back, Marlin. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Mo. Thank you so much. I got to hire you to do all my introductions. That was fantastic. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so listen, I was so excited when we were talking about what we need to talk about on this show. Right. And, and especially because our workforce has changed so much from what it used to be. We have five generations in the workforce. I mean, we have had a whole digital revolution with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I really want to get into what we are experiencing to help leaders learn how to manage their teams more effectively. So I want you to think back to your first or second job. Okay. It was just like yesterday. <laughs> what was your mentoring experience like and what you would do to make it more effective for the workforce today? So, so for the audience, uh, Mo is setting me up. Um, yeah, I got to think back ages. But uh, I, I think of uh, two examples in particular. So my first job out of college, and it's, it's funny, I was just talking about before we, we started to record, I used to be in sales and, and carpentry, right? We sold carpets, we sold tiles and sundries, the things that, that went with that and all that jazz. So coming out of college, you know, just new and green, I had a boss who picked up on me really quickly, said, Marlon, you're bright, you get it, you're energetic. And that's when I first fell in love with sales. Didn't realize it, 
but I enjoy the interaction with people. But the best advice he gave me at that time, his name was Rich. Rich said, um, one, it sounds a little corny now and cliche, be yourself, right? But we're talking, you know, <clears throat> close to 25 plus years ago. But anyway, be yourself and also um, know your customer. That's what he said. And that's, you know, 25 plus years ago. And what that did for me was when I was selling uh, initially young, you know, college kid, I, I wanted the green, right? I wanted the monies. So I said, I'm going to pursue this. And he saw that energy and he enjoyed the energy, but he said, also focus on the customer. Nothing wrong with getting what you want, Marlon, but focus on the customer to get a win-win. So that's what Rich said. So I enjoyed that piece of it. As I matured going into the second phase of my career, when I started working in corporate America, I didn't have a lot of mentors, which is funny, right? I did not. Uh, so I sought them out. I was knocking on doors. Uh, I was going inside my senior VP's office. And I remember people telling me, Marla, what are you doing? You can't do that. They was just like, you can't. And I'm like, why? Why can't I do it? So to their credit, uh, his name was Pat Garrity, was one of them. Uh, when I worked at Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Uh, of course, Allison Banks-Moore, who was fantastic, is fantastic. So I still have a close relationship with her. And several others, they allowed me to kind of press them and pick their brains. And then eventually, uh, they developed what was called a reverse mentorship program, where people of uh, high caliber um, that they handpicked, maybe senior managers and directors, to actually mentor the C-suite. Hey, this is what we're seeing on the ground. This is what we're seeing uh, from a lateral perspective. This is what we're seeing department to department. So that's how the mentorship piece of that started in my second uh, leg of my career. So I'll pause there. Okay, so... In your second half, you saw reverse mentorship. Yep. What's a good outcome of that? Like, what, what was the impact? So, so the impact was, one, I was excited, encouraged, and disciplined enough to realize what the opportunity entailed. And so what I mean by that is, if you're, um, I don't believe in luck, so I don't use that word. If you're designated, if you're plucked, if you're picked to be in that program, that means, one, you had a sponsorship, right? Uh, and that means that sponsor could have been somebody you, you've known or not known. I think sometimes we conflate mentors and sponsors and coaches, which they are different. All right. I won't get into the specifics, but I'll talk about sponsors. Sponsor could be someone that saw you in a few meetings like, wow, Monique is really talented. I love the way she carries herself. I love the point she makes in meeting. They may introduce themselves to you. Maybe they won't, but they support you kind of from afar and they vouch for you. So I had sponsors vouch for me, and then I was hand put into the reverse mentorship program, and I was associated with a vice president of pharmacy, Peggy. Hey, Peggy, she was fantastic. So I got to learn not only sales in general, but sales specifically on the pharmacy side, and then we worked with underwriting, et cetera. So that opened me up to really getting to the weeds and getting very granular with different departments uh, throughout the organization. And we were known, so we kind of got a gateway, kind of kind of a free pass to certain information that we would not normally get. Mm, I love this so much. I feel like this was something that maybe was ahead of its time, cutting edge, because I mean, even today, we don't see companies taking this reverse mentoring approach. Right. I mean, that's that's a category all of its own. But you were fortunate that Rich, your first job was like, uh -huh. hey, be yourself and know your customer. 
What did he mean when he said, be yourself? I mean, let's dive into that because this is something that I know a lot of people say in their workplaces. They just want right. to be themselves. They don't want to feel like they're robots. They they want to show up the way they want to show up. And sometimes that means not communicating effectively. What did he mean? Be yourself. So I'm trying to, um, I'm thinking my world's attorney. I'm juxtaposing Marlon now to fresh out of college tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. So what I thought he meant then, right? Just so I can make the clear distinction and I think that's important. What I thought he meant was, okay, Marlon, get in sell. I know, I know you want it, you know, you're fresh out of college, you love selling it and you're making money and you, you got an appetite, it's wetting your appetite for that. But look at the customer and I thought he meant get money, but you know, pay attention to the customer enough to still get what you want. That's what I heard, right? <laughs> Don't go full in, but just enough to get what you want. So as time progressed, I realized that was not the case. I just want to be honest, right? Because I think when we talk about success, we don't talk about the failures, right? And and you and you gotta. And hit you, we see all these posts on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. No, I'm sorry, X now. Uh, and all you see are the highlights. That wasn't a highlight for me, right? I was selfishly driven, like, okay, I need to get this. Oh, I got that sale. I can get another one. Boom, 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 boom. I was focused on the end result and not necessarily the people. But what Rich actually meant was get a true win-win. You can still get those results. You don't have to be greedy, Marlon. It'll come to you if you focus on the people. And everybody is different, right? He didn't use this word, but I'll use it. Customer-centric, right? Uh, heterogeneity, and which means like really focusing on the individual, even inside of a larger corporation or on a customer. Don't clump them together. So really having that customer centricity, and then that will help you. So that's what Rich meant, I think, ultimately. But initially, yeah, it was all about Marlon. I, I think this is going to be so helpful for everybody listening because, you know, in sometimes in the work that I do, I get to listen to and I hear people who, who do have that approach, who are just entering the workforce, that's their first or second job. And, you know, it, it's really about, I want to contribute, but it's all about me, me first, me first, me first, me first. Right. What do you think happened between your first thought about focus on me to where you are now in terms of like, okay, focusing on the whole picture? What do you think helped to shift that for you? What what helped you to to take a different approach? Because you did have the sales background from the, from the jump. Right, right. And the internal piece, the emotional intelligence <laughs> piece, that self-awareness, like what helped you connect the shift from, nah, okay, we could go to more than just me, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's include some people around. Right, right. So I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward a bit because I got it then, younger Marlon did eventually pick it up. He did. But I'll fast forward. Uh, it was several factors and several people. Always my parents. Always. I'll always mention them. I love those people. Uh, but a good buddy of mine, uh, Linwood, shout out to Lynn, Linwood Jones. And he said something really interesting to me. And this was, this was fairly recent. He said, Marlon, does the position pick the player or does the player pick the position? He asked me that. I said, oh, that's an interesting question. I, I really never thought about that. Right. And of course, the ubiquitous sports analogy, analogy, I played ball, I played basketball in college and in high school. And I was a wingman, right? A three. Basketball is pretty positionless now, but I was three, six, seven, could shoot the ball, put it on the floor. So 
what threes normally do, we're natural facilitators, right? We can, we can dish the ball off or we can score or we can typically defend smaller players too because we're usually long and kind of lanky and still fast. So we can, we can defend. So when he said that, he just made me think, right? Like, okay, that's what I do naturally in sales, right? I can facilitate when I need to or I can take the shot when I need to. I can think, lay back, and make a decision when I need to. Now we're gonna, I can run the point guard. I'm, I'm gonna switch positions. So the connection for me was who I was, like you pointed out, Mo, uh, innately, and then realizing how to express that, not only to myself, but express it to others so that they would get it, which is how Marlon Mentors came into play. So basically, in essence, right, my vision for Marlon Mentors is to provide individuals the language, right? To relationally communicate, uh, the tools to socially navigate and also to unblock their imaginations to uh, increase their self-esteem, right? Because our self-talk is important. So if you missed anything I said, focus on self-talk. That's what I did, like the self-talk. Marlon, you can do this. Uh, Marlon, nope, that's not how you talk to people. Marlon, think about how somebody else is feeling, right? That self-talk, because we're always constantly, consistently talking to us. So that specifically helped push me and gear me forward. And um, yeah, it was a self-talk ultimately in the, in the conversation with Linwood when he asked me that question that got me to think more. I said, okay, yeah, let me, let me apply myself more to this and who I am. This is my lane. Okay. So I'm thinking about storytelling and storytelling frameworks. And I'm thinking about the hero's journey. And you just shared this moment where Linwood came into your life and he almost acted like the guide. Um, there was something that he observed that prompted that conversation or that discussion for you to be reflective and to say, hey, okay, that's not how you talk to people. Okay, think a little bit more about yourself. I love that story and that example because I think sometimes when we do have folks who are entering their first or maybe second job, at work coming out of that college experience, we have to, as leaders, be that guide to, to share not just their strengths, but to say, hey, this is actually not how you show up to work. Then, you know, yes, it's important to still be on time. You may not see how it's important to be on time, but you should be on time. You know, no, you don't have to take the whole month of vacation right after you got hired. You know, like right, these are right, real right. things that I'm talking with people about. So I love that you shared that story and how that moved from um, focus on me or selfish thinking first in sales helped mm -hmm. expanded you to more of like a collaborative communal thought process. Right. You had a leg up when you went into your second job because to be starting off at sales and to be assertively seeking out mentors, I mean, that that's incredible. So I don't want to get into the, into the age debate about young and old and generation and all this other stuff, but here's the scenario. Here's a scenario where you are mentoring someone who who say in that Gen Z um, period or even a younger millennial period. And for yeah. those who are listening, Gen Zs are born in 1997 to, to early 2000 to 2012. Millennials are born from 1981 to 1996. So you have someone who is in this generation and they are now leading, they're finding themselves leading one to two generations older than themselves. 
how do we help leaders who find themselves in this situation uh, not let the age bias or the multi-generational gap uh, prevent them from connecting effectively at work? I love that question. I love that question. So it's kind of twofold for me, right? So one of the taglines for Marlon Mentors is zeroing in on your zone of genius. I think once you know who you are and where you are, it helps you relate to other people. So one of the examples I, I get, and, I, and I'll get very specific, right? So they can use this as a tool. And actually when I'm teaching, this is one of the tools that I utilize, right? I give them a, a, a four breakout. You can put it in Word, you can put it in Excel, whatever you want to do, PowerPoint or whatever, typically Excel. So it's four things, right? A, what do you love? B, what do you like? C, your environment, and D, what do you hate? A, love, B, like, C, environment, D, hate, right? So I have them do this exercise for themselves, and then they can relate it to those they're leading. So what that means is if I'm taking a job, right? Specifically, if I'm already in a job, if I'm a leader, what do I love about this job? Write it out, literally. What do I love about it, right? And put that in the column. What do I like about it? Obviously, put that in the column. And then what's my environment? And when I say environment, are you in the office? Are you working in your car? Are you working from home? Your environment, right? And then lastly, what do I hate, right? Now, most people, when they do this exercise, they say, oh, Marlon, I did 70-30. Uh, I could be okay, meaning 70 love and like and 30 hate, right? And I, and, I, and I push them. I say, okay, this is where we're going to get into the leadership qualities, right? This is emotional intelligence. I want you to think in levels. 70-30 may sound decent in writing, but do you really want to experience 30% of things you hate, right? Do you really want to experience that, right? 80-20, do you really want to experience 20% of things you hate? On this graph, it's usually 90-10, right? And, uh, or less, right? Or less on the hate side or the dislike side. Uh, and, my, and my key in sharing this with leaders is, now imagine how you feel about that and think about how your team may feel about that, right? Reflect on that. And also, we go a little bit further with the same exercise. It's a nuance, right? Say, oh, you know what? I can deal with 20% or 30. Okay, maybe you can. But that 30% of things you hate may be in a stretch. You may be on an assignment with seven months straight, still 30%, but it's seven months straight of things you hate versus it's 30%, but it's in pockets. Okay, it's a quarter here, a week there. That's different. So they start to think, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Now, how are you talking to your team? How often are you meeting with them? Uh, how are you getting across your points and ideas? And are you really level setting with them to the degree that they can understand? So I'll stop there, but that's really specific with some, some tools that I utilize. Okay, so let's put that tool towards our scenario because our Gen Z, we're going to call him Marlon. Our <laughs> Gen Z Marlon is leading Monique, who is a boomer and a, well, two Moniques. How about that? A boomer and a Gen X. <laughs> a boomer. A boomer and a Gen X. I'm on, the, I'm on my way out. I'm looking forward to retirement. I don't want to be bothered, okay? And <laughs> the other one is like, you know what? I, I'm not rocking the boat. I'm here to just keep my stability and I'm loyal. Like, no, I don't, I don't need to find purpose at work. My purpose is my paycheck. And you, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. you, you are the Gen Z, Marlon. You the Gen Z. 
And we went through this exercise and there's a whole lot of things that you don't like in that column. You don't like leading me because I want to be out the door. You don't like the other me because, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to do no innovation. You talking about innovation and all of this creativity. I'm Uh here to put in the bare minimum bottom line and you don't like it. So now how do you get to work? What are you, what are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do? with that stuff in the column on the paper? Are you going to ball it up and throw it at me? Like, what what are you going to do to help us work together? Because I'm not going anywhere. I already told you I'm here for the paycheck. My purpose is my paycheck. This is why, guys, if you're listening, don't allow Monique to press you. Now I got to answer this question. So here's (laughs) So funny enough, I've experienced that more than once, right? So... I'm trying to think about it so that I give the audience the 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 realness of it. I don't want to give them a, a, a copy and paste or a typical response, right? This is really, really what happened. So I had a boomer going out, legit, great guy too. Actually, I just spoke to him this morning, but great guy. Um, and I had someone on the other spectrum. I'm here to just do X. So here's what happened, right? So. I'll give you my style and I'll give you a different approach too. So you, you can have two different things. So when I met with the boomer, I knew he was on his way out. He was retiring. Uh, I met with him weekly on purpose, right? We already had a good rapport. I built that up when I, when I was doing the onboarding process. So that's a different topic. But when I did the onboarding process, we were already connected. So I don't want you guys to skip over that. So he and I had a great relationship. So he was retiring. And he let me know that up front, let me know what he was interested in doing and what he wasn't interested in doing. And he was out the door. So my hands were kind of tied. So what I did was I spoke to my VP about it, let him know how I'm going to address the situation, that the work and the performance would not be impacted. And if I saw something being impacted negatively, I would step in personally. I would take care of it. I had the bandwidth to do that. So don't worry about that. But I didn't want my VP and my other direct reports to be surprised, right? Don't get caught off guard. So I let him know the situation. The boomer was great. And we kind of, we hit it off that way. Uh, Now, the other person was a bit more interesting, right? So we were meeting weekly. Then we went to bi-weekly. So the initial meetings, uh, let's call her Tara. Tara was just literally unspoken. Basically what you said, Mo, uh, and looked me dead in the eye. I got burnt before. I'm not doing this again. I'm here for the check. I'm just going to do my job and that's it. Got it. Meeting with her weekly. And then again, it went to bi-weekly, uh, just breaking down the walls, right? Because uh, I've, I've been teaching on emotional intelligence for 15 years. So all this is sincerity. It's not, hey, use this and this to work. It does work, but you have to be, you know, have gratitude and be sincere. So she's since that. And eventually she opened up to me. We talked about her family. We talked about a past boss, which was with the same company. Uh, she was actually on a performance plan, a PIP, performance uh, improvement process. And we talked and I said, well, you know what? I would love to hear your strong suits. So she said, I love to write things down. And in this digital age, uh, even though you know I'm of the same age, I'm more comfortable being more tactile. And I said, that's fine with me, as long as you're getting the information and doing what it is you need to do. How do you feel about being in front of customers? I like it. How do you feel about talking to them telephonically? I like that even more. Got it. 
So I can put you in front of customers sometimes, but you love talking to them. I got room for that. Not a problem, right? So we got through that. And then let's say, let's call it the seventh or eighth weekend. Arms relaxed. We're talking about her kids. We're talking about her husband. We're talking about family life. And she became one of the top people on my team. So here's why, right? We had a program at Horizon um, called Step It Up. And step it up, you can uh, uh, vouch for a person. They took care of this issue. Fantastic. I can do it. Other leaders can do it. And she had gotten the most, and not just in our area, in the whole department, she had gotten the most step it ups. So I utilized that with HR and some other processes because it had to be documented. And she got off the PIP. And then fast forward, now still with the same company, she's a team leader. Okay? So that's the real story. So that's how I would handle it. And how oh I, my how goodness. I, I told y'all Marlon was going to bring the fire. Sales <laughs> EQ meets IQ. First of all, this is just a testament to the fact that everybody needs sales skills. Everybody needs sales skills because you literally walked us through thinking about your team as customers, like leaning in close. What I heard you say was, okay. I'm going to go closer. You want me to stay far away. We're going to meet weekly. Okay. And then we're going to meet bi-weekly, but we're going right. to talk. I'm going to lean in. And you have to have that self-awareness as a leader, as a young leader, to be able to say, I want to lean in versus not retreat. Marlon, I heard you talk about having a great onboarding program. We're not going to talk about that today, but if anybody wants to get that step-by-step -step process from Marlon, reach out to him on LinkedIn, Marlon Addison. Let me tell you, he said, don't get caught off guard. So if you heard in his story, he not only talked to his team lead, he talked to the superiors, his leaders, and he also pumped up himself. He talked to the HR. It was an interdepartmental cross-functional communication, not operating in a silo to solve this problem. That's something that I'm extremely, extremely happy that you shared. You talked about being sincere and having gratitude. Marlon, I read a white paper recently from a colleague of mine at Reimagine Talent. And it said that, you know, Gen Zs comprise about 26% of the global population from a study from Branca. And it talked about how millennials, each one has 40, 48%, I would say, um, belong to a racial or an ethnic minority. 48%, 48%, almost half. So if we are seeing this evolving shift in the workforce now, I want to move, you know, into talking about ethnic culture and talking about the Black community. This show is all about diversity and inclusion among Black cultures. You're a Black man. I want us to talk about how Black professionals, Black young professionals, can foster this understanding or unity within their own professional networks. I mean, we hear your story and it's a very successful blueprint, but I want you to put that mentoring hat on and from what you've seen that, you know, young black professionals, how can we add supportive supplemental material to help them become more successful with networking and, developing that sense of sales and emotional intelligence. 
Here's why I love that, right? Uh, and I know people hear that, oh, that's a great question. No, no, yeah, here's why I love it. Because at former uh, corporations, there were very few uh, Black men in the sales positions, right? And they, they were very prestigious positions. And actually, it took me a long time to break through that as well, right? And, um, you know, they saw me coming, right? Six, seven Black guy. Are you Marley? You know exactly who I am. I'm the only one, and I'm six, seven. So <laughs> I just I have a kick out of that. Dunking on them. <laughs> I actually said that to him, you know, I had a kick out of that. But that's that's part of the reason why it's important to me because I was trying to even then bring others along, right? And I had formed a, a group, an ERG group there to try to uh, get more black men into, into the sales arena. So I think it's what you said, it, it's connecting to see where you wanna be because it's sales is infinite, right? Across the spectrum, right? IT sales, business sales, corporate sales, what you name it, right? Sales is everywhere. Uh, so what I would encourage them to do is, again, find out what they want to do, where they are currently, right? And then uh, assess that. And if you want to get into sales, connect with people like me, Marlon Mentors, right? MarlonMentors.com and have me come out. I can talk about that to your groups because I specifically connect emotional intelligence with sales, right? We always need it, but my niche is with sales for the collegiate community, university, as well as corporate. Uh, so I would encourage them to have those type of conversations and get mentors, right? Get a mentor. And I'm speaking from experience. I, I, I'm going to grab me one. And I still have. It. That doesn't change. Mentors, coach, sponsors, that does not change. So I would encourage them to do that. The other thing I would say is, um, it, it reminds me of um, a quick story just to kind of put a bow on it. Um, I heard a, a comedian talking about it and I love the way he phrased it, right? This is, the analogy is not new because they use the GPS analogy, but I love the way he phrased it. So he said, and actually his was more Christ-centered and, and I'm faith-centered all day. Christ is my baseline. But he was saying that you know, you're, you're in the car, right? You're driving and you're listening to your GPS, right? Let's call it a sales GPS for this example. And the sales GPS is telling you, okay, you need to study X or you need to turn here to study X, but you just keep ignoring it, keep ignoring it, right? So eventually, as we know, it, it, it recalculates, right? And redirects you. But the thing that we, we, we miss is, and I love the way that you, this particular comedian puts it is, you can still do it, and you're received where you are, you're not abandoned, but you're further out. You're so much further out. Why didn't I reach out to the mentor first? Why didn't I call Mo? Why didn't I ask questions? Don't be afraid to ask that. Don't get so far gone that you're, you're at a traffic delay. You're at road construction. You may see an accident. Yes, you can come back. It's going to recalculate, but you miss so much. And then on your way back, things are not the same. Things have changed, mm -hmm. right? So even though you're being redirected and you can, this is not to discourage you but it is to reach out now, do it now. So that's what I would say to you. Ooh, I love that. And, that, and that's not even just for the young adults, it's for all of us, it's for all of us grownups and right. um, people in general, like don't be afraid to reach out. That sparks two other things that I wanna ask, but I know we're getting ready to close up in a little bit here. <laughs> and um, you said something about, using EI and sales in corporate environments, right? So I wanna just touch a little bit on that. What exactly does that mean? Because from what I understand, what I've seen, there's a good way and a maybe not so good way um, to, to go about the sales process or sales journey. 
what's what's different about what you're teaching here? So for me, um, I have different learning plans, right? So I have specific learning plans geared toward one of them is on decision making, right? And that's for college students as well as corporate. And the difference for me is, um, is my mission, right? I want them to, to, to kind of understand it relationally and how this works and how you can connect. And just because I empathize with you doesn't mean I agree with you. I think folks, they kind of conflate the two. Oh, but you empathize and sympathize. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I agree with you, right? Somebody may uh, rob a bank because their family is hungry. I empathize with that, but I don't agree with it, right? Because you can hurt somebody else in the process. Right? And I think with sales, like I did, you know, 22-year-old Marlon did, I was hurting people just to get to my end means. I don't really care about this customer, right? I robbed that bank just to, you know, get what I needed versus now, okay, let me do something different. Let me get a coach. Let me do a mentor, get a mentor. And that's what Rich meant, right? This is for the betterment of all. When you look out for one, you look out for yourself. So I would say mine is different because it's truly relational, not the cliche. It's truly relational. And I'm, and I'm grateful for what I'm doing and how I can impact others and how I relate to others. Marlon, let me tell you, what you're doing is so needed. It is so needed because, you know, our young people, they need all the support that they can get. Um, I was supporting a university, Miami University. We had a startup competition. And one of the things that was mentioned in, in our backroom conversations was about how the bar has been moved for a lot of college students who are now getting ready to leave college with needing more foundational skill development in terms of interpersonal communications, in terms of relationship building. And also as a mentor myself, I run into a lot of situations where young people, they want to connect, they want to network, but they're shy. They're afraid of how to do it. They don't, they don't have the yes. go-getting confidence, awareness to say, you know, go out and get it. So there's the category of people who perhaps like you and like my younger self was like, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. I'm getting it I'm on it. And right. then there is another category of young people, a lot of them today who aren't that go-getter, but they will respond. If you invite them, they'll respond and they will, you know, adapt. How do we incentivize them? How do we support this group of young people or young adults who are now coming into their workforce. They know they need help. They don't know exactly how. They're afraid or embarrassed of not wanting to look like they don't know it all, but we, right. we don't know because who does? So <laughs> right. how, do help them? how do we help them? So, and, and now you're getting to the core of what Marlon Mentors does, right? So three things. One, typically when I'm teaching, um, again, corporate or because I, I get the same response to this question that I'm, I'm about to ask is who makes a better leader, an extrovert or an introvert, right? And invariably, I get the extrovert, right? The hands 90% are better, right? And then we have conversations to your point. Mo. I, I, I engage them and I ask questions. Why do you think that? What made you say that, right? Because he's outspoken, you're outspoken, they get things done. I said, I know a lot of introverts who are superb leaders and get far more done than I, right? And then they're intrigued by it. So I bring them closer to me, right? I give them a set, hey, this is the question, and then I draw them in, right? And that's part of what Marlon Mentors does. So that's one thing. The other thing is um, in teaching at William Patterson, we have, the, we have a sales program called um, Sales Bootcamp. 
So we teach them how to interview and we teach them, you know, uh, not only are they interviewing you, you should be interviewing the company, right? How do they treat the admin staff when you walk in? Well, how does the building look? Where is it located? So just things to really make them think, right? So you should be interviewing them as well. And then thirdly, um, I teach them how to pitch, right? I do a one minute pitch. And even with the, the introverts, I love doing that. And they end up having a great time. Say, hey, this is not to embarrass you. We're going to have a good time. It's recorded. Yes, it's recorded. You're on in five, four, and we go for it. And then they ended up end up breaking out of their shells, right? And it depends on the person. So my goal is never to embarrass. If I do, it would never be on purpose. My, my goal is to instruct you, to teach you, and to relationally uh, uh, just connect with you. So those are the three things that I do typically. Mm, I love it. So here's what I heard. I heard that we need to have sales boot camp in all corporate organizations as a part of the onboarding process. This is we what do. you're going to do to help your, your new people, your new people, your young people, your Gen Zs get, a, get their feet wet. And I love that you talk about the pitch, um, the pitch process, because that helps with the assertive communication, persuasive communication, et cetera. So for those who are listening, if, if you have young children uh, in their early 20s, in their, you know, early 30s, really consider what Marlon talked about today. Consider supporting them and giving them these types of exposures, this type of skill set, so that they can begin to have more effective conversations at home and at work. For those that are still resistant, maybe those who are introverted or don't even know what introvert is. I mean, a lot of young people have no clue what an introvert or an extrovert is. Or an ambivert, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that that's our corporate speak. Um, but for those that may find themselves in even a deeper situation, if you're not familiar with introvert, ambivert extrovert, or any of those other labels, reach out to Marlon. He has some strategies for you that can help you to unlock that shyness and to embrace more of your sales EQ and your prowess internally in your organization. I already told y'all this was going to be good. Marlon <laughs> had to come back. He had to come back because this is something we're facing in the workplace. And as you know, I am always here to bring you good things that will help you improve the quality of your life and your relationships with yourself and with others. Marlon, I want to say thank you. Is there anything that you want to say to the audience before we leave today? Yeah, just just two more things. Uh, actually, three. And, I, and I'll keep it brief. I want to uh, make sure they uh, talk about the vision of Marlon Mentors, but I want to state the mission, right? Because I think it ties in, right? So the mission is to seek first to understand how people communicate through probing questions, because I will ask, and to provide a customized solution for, for the college student or for your, co uh, your company, right? That's my mission. Uh, also, I want to discuss a little bit about, you know, again, the, the college student, and even with uh, corporate, I think what we miss is a range, right? R-A-N-G-E, a range. And when we ask people, hey, how you feeling? Oh, I'm good. How you doing? Oh, I'm angry. Well, on a scale of one to two. Well, it's a two then maybe you're not angry, maybe you're annoyed. I think we need to work on the language to let people know exactly where we are. And that's what I meant earlier when I said, where are you, right? Emotionally, where are you? So that's the other thing. And then lastly, MarlonMentors.com. I'll be launching it early October, the second week of October, and we'll be ready to rock and roll. 
Yes, Marlon, thank you so much for joining once again, all the Bridge to You podcast listeners. Until next time, take care and be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at Clear Communication Coach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.